Let's Talk HR is a place for HR professionals, business owners, and employees to come together and share experiences, talk about what's working and what's not, how we can improve best practices so that companies can better attract, train, and retain all generations of workers. We all know that there has been a huge shift in what people want. Generations are coming together more than ever on what's important. Mental health has been brought to the forefront of everyone's mind. Let's humanize these conversations. Let's talk about how the economy has been impacted and what needs to happen to find a balance. I'm your host, Leanne Lovely. So let's get this conversation started. And remember, if you enjoyed this episode, follow us, like us, and share us. Don't pigeonhold LZD Flanard III. Don't even try. Describe him this way, and he'll point out another. Change your perspective, and he'll lead you down another path, maybe without even realizing. He's a creative dude, an entrepreneur, a family man, a business owner. No box fits him. It doesn't exist. He's a man of original thoughts, all product of unique thinking. I'm really excited that I get to have a conversation with the mayor of Podcast Town. He's a very unique and dynamic individual, and today you get to hear our conversation. Elsie, thank you so much uh, for joining me today. I'm really excited to, to jump in and, and get to know you a little bit uh, better and have my audience get to know you, so thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I am looking forward to the conversation. So why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about your background, a little bit about, you know, you. So that we only have an hour, Leanne, so I'm going <laughs> to give you the two minute version. I am a, a I'm a creative. I've been a singer songwriter since I was about five years old. And um, I, what's funny is I've always known two things, like from a very early age. I knew that I wanted to, to own my own business and I knew that I wanted to have a family. And so my plan, um, even as a 13, 14, 15 year old was um, to go, go to the, get an education because that was important to my mom. And I knew I needed to have a job so that I could get married and have a family. And so my grand plan was to go graduate, get married, have some kids and then run my business whenever I, you know, at the second that I could. And um, the plan really, it really did work. I got, well, I was married young. I ended up getting a, a degree in electronics and uh, doing the whole education thing and had a couple of kids, but it was taking me a really long time to quit that job that I hated. And so what I ended up doing is launching Enterprise Now so that I can learn from business people. And if during that process, I learned a ton from business people, so much so that I ended up launching and doing, you know, starting my own business. And that sort of brings us to today where, you know, I'm running Podcast Town uh, as the mayor and I'm helping other people use their voice to drive um, both revenue and build relationships. That's that's awesome. And wow, we could we yeah, we could just dive right into that and make this that the whole <laughs> entire conversation. But um, I love what you said about, um, you know, basically learning from other people's having the uh, people and having those conversations learning from business owners. That's great. Um, because really, if we just all sat down and, and listened to other people, took the time to have conversations with other people, the amount of knowledge that's available just from having 
a single conversation with somebody who's smarter than you, I mean, it's, it's amazing. Um, I think that, you know, I, I push that a lot. Um, and I think you and I have talked about that before where you're like, yeah, I, it, I just wanted to have conversations with business owners to see, you know, what they knew, what I could learn from. And that's, you don't need to go to Google to look something up if you can sit down with somebody who's done it before, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. So you recently posted, and, and, and I just kind of mentioned this before, um, before we even started this conversation, but it really, it, I loved this post. It, it grabbed me, but you recently posted that you were putting it all out there and you are, I love that. Tell me what that means. Yeah, I think for, for me, I've done a lot of different things, Leanne. I have, <laughs> I tease people all the time. I've done any job you can think of. I've probably done it. I've worked fast food. I've cleaned the bottom of barges. Um, I was a janitor for a little bit. I've been an electronic electronic technician. I've been an electrical engineer. I've been a project. I've done anything you can imagine. Like I've done a job that's related. And the one of the things that I'm I'm morbidly aware of uh, in some respects is that I don't have all day. Like I'm not going to be here forever, mm-hmm. right? And that and that again it's sort of morbid to think about but but it really it motivates me to to get every gift every talent every idea every crazy thing that i want to do and get it out there because who you don't know what tomorrow brings and i want to die empty i want to die having done tried every single thing that my crazy little brain could <laughs> could think of and so that's sort of what what the sentiment of that post was is that I'm I'm at the point in my life where I'm going to lay it out, out on the line. You know, I want to do some acting. I want to do some modeling. I'm going to star in an action movie. Like it doesn't have to be a, a blockbuster Hollywood movie. Right. But I'm going to do all of that stuff. I'm going to write a couple of books. I'm going to do more podcasts. I'm going to do other businesses. I'm going to do I'm going to do it all. I'm going to put it all on the line. That's that's awesome. Wow. Um the a phrase that you just said, I want to die empty. Um, I've never heard it said better. Yeah. If we could all give our all to the world, to our family, to our friends, to the world on a regular basis, what a better, what a better place that, you know, this would be, right? If we were constantly trying to do better and be better just out of pure desire to to give what we have to the world wouldn't that make for such a such a more interesting story yeah and and the cool part about it is is when you give without the expectation of getting anything in return it's pure and you know if people return it that's awesome if they don't that's awesome too and and really just embracing the journey like the destination is known. Like I know what the what the what the end goal is going to be, right? So I'm just really laser laser focused on enjoying the journey. So tell me a little bit about the journey. And I got to ask, how do you clean the bottom of a barge? <laughs> well, I I'm glad you asked. Nobody has ever asked that follow up question. Okay, so there are different types of barges <clears throat> that carry different types of things. And depending on what the barge is carrying, it 
you know, will determine what you use to clean it. For example, if it's corn, you can simply use, uh, you know, those utility brushes that you see and, um, you know, sweep it to the edge of the barge. And then they have these really, really big hoses that then sucks the corn up from the corner. But if the barge is carrying what they call pig iron, it's like these little blocks of iron. Well, you can't really use that that little brush anymore. So you have to use your 10 fingers and you have to pick up the iron, iron take it to the edge of the barge and re- rinse and repeat and then use the brush to sweep the dust. It's really dusty and it's hot and it's miserable. Uh, the pay wasn't that great, but it motivated me to get my degree because I was like, I know what I don't want to do <laughs> for an extended period of time. Like the people who do it, God bless them. It was not for me. I was like, okay, I am going to go to whatever I need to do to not have to do this. Right. So, right. We, you know, we forget the journey sometimes, the beginning of the journey. Cause, you know, I too, I worked at a McDonald's and I only lasted six months. Oh, and I, I was young, but I realized, wow, I, this is not for me. Now, there are people who have a career. Uh, you know, they become a manager at a fast food place and it's that's that's their career. I couldn't do it. I came home every day, greasy, smelly. I remember my brother worked at a at a pizza hut and every time I smell pizza hut, like if I even walk into a pizza hut, I'm like, oh, no offense to pizza hut. I mean, I, I I'm not picking on them. But when you have to smell the smell of somebody after they've been there for eight hours, ooh. It, it's rough, but I guess it puts in perspective that there, I mean, there are jobs out there that are, you're, I mean, it's a grind. It's truly a grind and ev- there's every, there's somebody for every job out there, but it really does put in perspective for some of us who are sitting behind a microphone talking about the job versus the person who's actually physically doing the job. Mm-hmm. So I have to remember to thank those people that much more f- for doing a job that I, I just can't mm-hmm. dealing with, you know, food is not for me. And and not to belabor the point, Leanne, but so I forgot to add. So when you're cleaning the barges, you have to use high pressure water hoses. Mm. And at the time, uh, this was 25 years ago. So I wasn't I wasn't as heavy as I am now, right? I've grown a little bit since then. And so I literally am leaning all of my body weight forward into this high pressure hose to wipe, to wash this down. So can you picture, like, it's the bottom of bars. They're about 12 to 14 feet deep. It's hot outside. And I'm where I was from, it's, it's Southern Illinois. So it's 99 degrees, the normal temperature. So it's like 125 degrees dusty and i'm leaning like all of my little body weight to this high pressure hose to clean out the thing and i was like yeah yeah wouldn't that have been a funny joke for somebody to just flip that pressure washer off and just watch you fall forward watch him go boom oh sorry sorry about that (laughs) sorry okay all right so so you you this journey has now brought you to podcast town where you are the the mayor how how have you become the mayor now? I mean, tell me that story. As much as I want to take credit for it, I have to to tell the story how it happened. 
So I'm working with uh, Mr. Pat Miller, the idea coach. And we're talking strategy. We're talking about where where I want the business to go and what it what it um, what's his, the vision. And he takes this pause, which is dangerous for a creative person uh, to do. And he kind of stares off and he leans back in his chair and he says, you know what? You're the mayor. I'm going to call you the mayor of Podcast Town. The way you show up, the way you preside, the way you connect people, you're you're the mayor. And I said, uh, okay. And so I started to, to tease it out on social. And I made a post, I'll never forget, um, on Facebook. And I put it out there just kind of saying, hey, I'm the mayor running for, for office, blah, blah, blah. And um, my mom calls me. And she's like, I'm so excited for you. Um, I'm so happy that you're, you're running for mayor. I'm like, mom, it, it's a marketing <laughs> campaign, not, not a real mayor. And so that's the moment I knew, okay, this thing might have some legs. So we kind of st- you know, ran with it. That, oh my God, that's so cute. That is, I'm sorry. That is adorable that your mom, that she would be so proud I mean, but it, it she she should have, though, because it is the fact that it's grabbing people's attention going, OK, wait, who is this guy? Like he's running for mayor who that that is beautiful. That is in despite the fact that, you know, you didn't necessarily come up with it, that you ran with it. You took it and you you built on that. But I didn't think about like the initial I'm running for mayor. And because if I were to see that, I'd go, OK, well mayor of what who is he you know should I be voting for this guy I'm going to research him who is he that that's brilliant I never really thought about it that way now this goes a little bit of a a step farther because I've been to you know I've been to your studio you also lay out the red carpet for those who come to visit you so tell me a little bit about that I'd, I'd, I'd love to dive into this oh my goodness I love telling this story okay so I always tell people I am the most strategically random person you will ever meet. <laughs> right. Strategically random. Yes. yes. So I'm sitting in the studio one day and we're, we're, you know, just doing a session and a lady walks by and her high heels are just killing my recording. Like they are <laughs> piercing through and it is, it was bad. And so I go up to, to David Noel, the, uh, the manager at the time, and I say, David, um, do you think that the, the lab will, will allow us to, to put an area rug out so that when the ladies and sometimes gentlemen, depending on what kind of shoes they have on, when they go by, it doesn't kill my recording. And he's like, well, you know, I don't think that they'll allow us to do that, but maybe you could put like a runner out or something like that so that they can walk on. I said, OK, it's a good compromise and so i hop on amazon i'm looking for you know runners or carpets or anything and so i i put it in a search i hit enter and this red carpet comes up (laughs) and i go huh i think this would be a really cool thing to do to put the red carpet out because you know we treat you like a star at podcast town and we help you show up and perform and it's it's kind of on brand and so i get it and I, i roll it out and I take a little, uh, it was literally like a three second video of just the carpet and then our sign. And then I got calls the, the next day from people who had seen it on social, um, wanting to come into the studio to work with us. 
that- so again, strategically random, right. completely random. I wasn't brilliant. I didn't say, well, let's roll out the red carpet and add that to our experience. It was like, I need to solve a problem. Right. Don't downplay it. See, but that's sometimes brilliance comes from here's a problem. Let me figure out how to solve it. And that's where the brilliance comes from. I mean, so don't don't downplay that. I don't absolutely don't downplay that. But you also you also had the problem of you rolled that out. And then some of the people in the building were walking around it, weren't they? Yes. <laughs> it was funny as you could hear them walking around it like they would come to the edge of it and then they would like I could almost picture them making the decision like I'm gonna walk around this carpet that's that is obviously there to walk on and they're walking right around it like okay well you can only do so much (laughs) they didn't want to get the beautiful red carpet dirty right I guess that that is a brilliant again um you know that's a brilliant strategic move whether it came from you know, uh, oh, that's a great idea. Well, you know, a, a, a happenstance upon, you know, this here's a red carpet that Amazon is, you know, selling. But, you know, that's it's just great. It's a, another brilliant marketing move that others would have not necessarily thought of. So it's perfect. So now, um, obviously, you know, over the last two years, um, I'm assuming that, well, you're seeing podcasts pop up all over the place. Because we have now shifted to a virtual world and people are trying to get their voices out there, right? So how has that, I mean, shifted for you? Have you seen an uprise? Have you seen, what have you seen? Um, I think it's, it's great in a lot of ways. Um, the big guys are here to stay. Um, you know, the Amazons, the Spotify and the, the, the big businesses. But I think what it's it's doing is it's helping the podcast industry as a whole sort of settle in and become a a legitimate long-term industry. Whereas before, there were a few times in the the history of podcasting where it would grow and increase in popularity and then sort of flatline or or, um, not necessarily stabilize, but kind of um, plateau. Um, And then it would come to popularity and then plateau. I don't think podcasts are going anywhere anytime soon, especially in the B2B space, just because it's such a, an organic way to build relationships and to, uh, to gather um, anchor content that I think if, if you're in business in the next two or three years, you're going to be in the podcast space, whether you're hosting a show, guesting on a show or sponsoring a show, you, if you're smart, you will be in the podcast space in some form. So um, so there's almost this uh, leveling out that's happening. So there's different types. I don't want to call them tiers of podcasters. There's the hobby podcaster who, you know, they just have something to say and they want to grab a microphone and some headphones and interview their friends and, and talk. Then there's the, the, the podcaster who is building a business on his podcast like I did. I mean, I literally built my entire brand and business on the back of my podcast. Um, I see more of that happening and I see um, on the consumer level, a lot more focused content um, that's geared to entertain and inter- and inter- entertain and inform. And I also see a, a sharp rise in B2Bs um, and uh, businesses using podcasting. So I think um, 
the future is bright for the industry. Um, it's exciting uh, for Podcast Town. It just means that we've continually had to re reinvent ourselves and and sort of find our place in the ever changing industry of that that is podcasting. Right. So you said something that was interesting. Um, so podcasting not going away. So one way or another, you think that B two B businesses are going to be somehow involved in podcasting. And you listed three, whether or not they are podcasting, sponsoring podcasting, or what was the other one? Or guesting on shows. Or guesting on shows. Okay. So now I have come up against um, employers who are absolutely pushing against, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be involved in that. Um, this is not the wave of the future. So do you think that, and, and again, we, I'm sure that we experienced this when the internet came out. Oh, we're not going to, we're not going to jump on that everything is going to be however it, how was business done back then? <laughs> but I mean there's just there's companies who are just not forward thinking on that um, and you know advertising right now is a lot of companies do radio a lot of companies do print a lot of companies so do you think that companies who are jumping on the bandwagon now are going to have a lot more of that, um, the cutting edge of that, or and, and some of the companies who are just not willing to change, do you do you think they're going to be hurting long run? I don't know that I would use the term hurting. Um, I would say, you know, just like anything else, you'll experience the um, diminishing returns, right? Mm -hmm. As as it begins to get more popular, the rates are going to increase because podcasters are going to realize. I should be making more per, per episode for this spot than I am. And the, the power dynamics will shift a bit when um, podcasters be become more savvy at, at knowing the true power that they have. Mm -hmm. I mean, if, if, you, could, if you could get uh, somebody's endorsement to their, pe the, their people who they already have, they like them, know them, trust them, that's extremely valuable. Right. That's more that's a deeper connection than a Facebook ad, for example, or a TV ad. Even. So I think that they they're going to experience <clears throat> loss in terms of the um, uh, sort of like if you look at Facebook ads, for example, if you were running Facebook ads 10 years ago, you got a lot more for your dollar than you do now. Right. I think podcast advertising will be the same way where um, now it's pretty cheap, you know, $35 per thousand downloads is, is what people are paying and sometimes less. That won't always be the case when when podcasters and content creators get savvy um, and realize that, hey, I have a lot to offer that price is going to go up. And I think that the people who are lagging now are going to are going to miss out on the, the early days um, where it was it was more uh, cost effective. Interesting. Now you made a, now you had mentioned, you know, Facebook. So at one time, Facebook was the place to go. Um, and that's starting to fizzle out because of a generational thing. Um, the younger generation coming in is no longer jumping on Facebook. They're jumping on. <laughs> now I'm dating myself. I don't even know what they're jumping on now. What is it? Instagram? Is it TikTok? Is it, um, you know, all the new platforms? So Facebook is starting to kind of what I think they said by in the next over the next 10 years, Facebook is going to start to, you know, 
even die off more and more and more because they're not getting the new users coming on. And, you know, as new users don't come on, the information that, you know, is flowing from there starts to go down, whatever. It's been a long time since I did the research on that one. Um, anyways, so as, as we've seen in the past, um, you know, fads come and go. Now you had mentioned um, podcasts would go up and then they would not, you didn't say they would plateau. Well, yeah, you said they would kind of plateau and then they'd go up again. Do you, do you see that podcasts are going to continue to be on the rise in a consistency or do you think that they're going to continue to kind of have that up and down motion? I think that they'll continue to, to increase in popularity for a couple of reasons. Um, which is which is the re- the top reason that I got into podcasting is I started doing some research on uh, the the movement of people wanting what they want when they want how they want it this whole on demand culture um, and I don't see that stopping anytime soon mm-hmm. I know that for a fact that Google is working on um, audio audio search um, I know that there are more and more social audio sites popping up. There's a reason for that. Mm-hmm. Um, LinkedIn has, you know, is jumping into social audio, and so there, there's a trend, and they're doing these things for for a reason. This, like, I'll give you an example. My son, he doesn't know how to type, but he Google's more than I do, and he does that because he he clicks on, he punches the little microphone, and he says, "Google, what's two plus two? And Google tells him what two plus two is. So more broadly, audio is not going away. And there are people who who want information when they want it, how they want it. That's to the point and specific. That is not going away, especially on the enterprise side. Um, There's tons of opportunities, both internal and external, that companies can leverage podcasting and audio um, more, more broadly to uh, to hone in vis- things like vision, mission, culture, uh, disseminating information. There's all all these cool ways that you can leverage audio to um, to stay connected and foster community. Wow! And you hit on something. Um, I don't know how old your your son is, but um, my four year old talks to Alexa. Yep. <laughs> Um, so, wow. Yep. You absolutely hit it on the head. Um, we are becoming a, not just a virtual world, but a audio virtual world where our homes are now controlled by, Hey, Alexa, put this on the grocery list. Hey, Alexa, turn on the lights. Hey, Alexa, do, I mean, I have, I, I tell Alexa to turn on my daughter's room and it turns on her, her little twinkly lights in her room. Um, and you're right. I'll be standing in the kitchen and I'm like, oh, what am I going to make for dinner? Hey, Alexa, give me a chicken tender dinner. And she's like, here are five different recipes. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I mean, back in the day when I was I mean, when I was 18, 19, 20 years old, I had to go and open up a cookbook. And if I if there wasn't the right recipe in that cookbook, well, I was out of luck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yes. And, and something else that you said that um, I found interesting. People want very precise content. They want to be able to say, 
I'm looking for content related to this. I, and, and that's another thing that I think people should, you know, if you're interested in making or creating a podcast, it needs to be marketed properly. And I think you and I talked about this, um, briefly marketed properly, you know, giving an understanding of what your content is about, uh, so that people know how to grab that information and, and get that very specific information that they're looking for. So if you, you know, somebody is, and I do this all the time, you know, hey, uh, Alexa or Google or whatever you're, how do I fix my, this type of refrigerator with this type of filter? <laughs> you know, we now have the ability to do that. Or if I want to learn about how to, you know, garden, I can listen to a podcast about I don't know if there's a podcast out there. I'm sure there is a podcast about gardening for, you know, gardening or somebody who wants to landscape their yard. So you're right. I guess you're, yeah. Um, of course you're right. I mean, you are the mayor of <laughs> podcast town. I think the other thing that's interesting is how, how passive of a medium podcasting is. Like I, a lot of times when I'm doing housework or washing the dishes or snow blowing, even I'll, I'll listen to a podcast mm -hmm. and I learn just as much from that passive listening as I would if I were reading it in a book. And of course, everybody is different, but I think if you're, if you're a business or if you're a brand, it, it also allows you to shorten the sales cycle. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've hopped on the phone with somebody and they knew things about me that I was surprised that they knew because they listened to a couple of my podcast episodes and they're like, oh, okay. So they feel like they know me already. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they hop on the Zoom call and they're like, hey, the mayor is, is on the call, right? Because they've listened to my shows and they, they feel like they know me. And so we get past that whole part of the sales process because they already like know and trust me. Now it's just a matter of is what I do a fit for, for what they need. So, um, so for businesses, that's an especially um, important part of, you know, your consideration, right? Um, you know, you shorten that sales cycle and, and really set up a, um, an, in a situation where now you're just solving a problem. You know, you don't have to sell them anything. Right. Breaking down those walls um, so that they, yeah, having that comfort already, that intimacy that, you know, you typically have to create within that first, you know, meeting, sometimes even a second meeting. They already have that because you've now put your voice out there to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. that I, I honestly, I didn't even think about that, but... Um, you know, even on this podcast, I reveal a lot of information about myself. I reveal a lot of things that, you know, in, in my world. So um, it is sometimes creepy <laughs> <laughs> when I talk to people and they're like, oh, my God, I loved blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, who are you? I know that. <laughs> you? Like, oh, well, you said it and you talked about it on blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I forget sometimes what I say on those. And yes, you're absolutely right. But you're right. That's the whole point is to, um, you know, let people see into you, whether it, you know, see that side of you that, you know, break down those walls into it. It's almost like having a one on one, except that 
you're you know sitting and having a conversation maybe it's just a a solo podcast maybe you're just sitting and having a conversation with somebody else but it is definitely a way to warm people up Mm -hmm. um yeah that's 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 awesome that's awesome so when did you know that you were going to create your business i mean was there like a light bulb that went off and you were like yep i'm gonna create podcast tone well, the, so it's a, it's a long story, Leanne, but I'll, I'll try to keep it short. So it, so enterprise now literally started because remember, I told you I'm strategically random at the end of all of my episodes, I would ask my guests, if you were me, what would you do? What would you be doing? And one day the guest looks at me and they say, well, you know, Elsie, I would help people start podcasts because you started this one. It seems like it's a great show and you enjoy doing it and you're halfway decent at it. So I would I would help people start podcasts. And I thought, huh, because that had never occurred to me because my only goal when I started my show was to meet business people and learn from them. And so that's what I did. I started helping people start start launch podcasts. And that's sort of how the business was born. And one day I, you know, I wanted to, to do a, um, a group coaching program and I was working with my business coach. That's, there's, that's a common thing, right? I'm always trying to, you know, get better and, and work with, with coaches because they can see things that, that we can't see. Um, but, um, so I said, I told him, I want to, I want to do a group coaching program. He said, all right, that's a great idea. You should do it. And so I come back to him with this brand called podcast town, because I wanted to give it a name, right? And he's like, huh, that's a really good name. That's the brand. I was like, okay, I'm glad you like it. He's like, no, I don't think you understand. Enterprise now is is great. It's cool. But I don't know what that is. Podcast Town is the brand. And I'm a little, you know, I'm a little slow sometimes. So I still didn't catch on. <laughs> and he said, and so I said, great. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you like it. He said, no, Elsie, Get rid of pod, or Enterprise Now, make Podcast Town the main brand. And so that's what I did. And so I um, kind of put Enterprise Now the, at, down as a podcast and elevated Podcast Town as the brand uh, of the company. I, I don't feel like you have trouble understanding the cons. I feel like you have trouble accepting the compliments. <laughs> like, yeah, Elsie, you're, you're awesome. So, you know, go and do this. And you're like, yeah, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, it's a great idea. No, 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 no. You're, you rock, dude. <laughs> like, just like, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah I have a, I have a, a friend that, that does that too. That's, you know, always like, you're, you're like, yeah, dude, that's so great. And they're like, okay. You're like, no, you don't understand. Like, you just blew the top off of this place. And everybody is like standing ovation. And you're just like, yeah, okay, great. Yeah, that, that that was cool. <laughs> you, I mean, you're you you have brilliant ideas, and you've. I mean, you're obviously you know successful, and you, like you said, you have a lot to give to the world. So, so every um every episode this season, I ask everybody the same question. So I'm going to ask you the question of the season. If you could pinpoint a time period in your career that made a huge difference in your life or career path, when would that be and why? That is a fantastic question. There's so many. Um, If I could think of just one, I would say when I was, I was still in high school 
And I I didn't think two two things. I didn't think I was smart enough to go to college. And I definitely didn't think I could afford it. Uh because we, you know, I, I grew up in a in, in not an affluent household, right? And so college for, for me was it was a it was a dream, you know, it wasn't it wasn't something that was tangible. And so my plan was and not to say that there's anything wrong with this, but this is my teenage brain thinking. It's like, okay, well, I'll just go into the army because that's that's what's available to me. And um my sister who had she's uh, six years older than I am. And she was um, home on leave. And I told her, hey, you know, here's what I'm, I'm thinking about doing. And she looks at me and she says, well, Elsie, I think you I think you could go to college. I think you could you could do it. And um, over a period of time, she you know, did what big sisters do. And she kept encouraging and, and giving me those those nuggets and wisdom. And so um, it, it worked. And so one day I decided, OK, I'm going to go to college. And there's a whole nother story, Leanne, on, on why I decided to go into what I went into. But um, so I, I go back to my my army recruiter and I tell him, you know, um, I, I think I'm going to go in a different direction. I'm going to I'm going to go to college and um, I'll never forget it. He looks me in the eye and he says, you're you're not you can't go to college. You can't afford it. And at that moment, something changed in my mentality. It was like not only am I going to go to college, but I'm going to go to college. I'm going to kill it and I'll show you. And from that point on, that's been my mantra. It's like, there's nothing that is off limits to me. Not because I'm so arrogant that I think I'm so awesome, but, but really two things, because I know God is, is on my side. And I know that if I put in the work and if I believe it, that I, I could do anything. And, and that was the, the pivotal moment in, in my life, really, that cemented that mentality in me. You know, when somebody tells us that we can't do something, it's, um, it's a almost animalistic reaction to immediately um, strike back and say, don't tell me I can't do this. I'm going to do it. And sometimes it's all you need to push you to that limit of I'm absolutely going to positively do this. And and, and it's not even about like, let me show you, let me show me that I can absolutely do this. And that, I mean, sometimes that's all it takes, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes it's a matter of just one person saying, you can't do that for you to. And here's something that really drives that home. If I tell my daughter, again, I'll remind you, she's four. Um, don't eat that. She'll go, okay. And she'll pick it up and eat it. And I'm like, what is it with reverse psychology when it comes to humans? Somebody tells you, you can't do that. And they're like, nope, pretty sure I can. Mm -hmm. It's, it's absolutely, if somebody, you know, no, not to say that I'm against encouragement in children because I'm not going to, you, oh, you can't, you're not going to be able to graduate this, this, no, that, no, I'm 100% on an encouragement, but sometimes it takes in life for somebody to say, I'm, I'm not sure that you can do that for that person to go, nope, I'm digging in. I'm absolutely going to positively do that. Mm-hmm. And, and good for you, good for your sister for, you know, encouraging you and constantly. And did you say that your sister wasn't in, in the military? She was. Yep. Okay. 
So, and thank, you know, thank you for her service as well. But I mean, that's awesome for her to, and your family to encourage you to do, you know, to do that. That's, that's amazing to have the family support, the family dynamic that you need in order to, to go out and do, you know, what you, what you've done. So this has been an absolute amazing conversation, but if somebody wanted to get in contact with you, how would they go about doing that? The easiest way is via email. Um, and my email address is just mayor, M-A-Y-O-R at podcasttown.net. Oh, and, and connect with me on LinkedIn as well. Awesome. So Elsie, like I said, it's it's been such an amazing conversation. You really are a, a, a jack of all trades, um, master of none, but truly, well, I think you are a master of plenty. Um, but yeah, you're definitely a, a dynamic, uh, dynamic individual. So thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you having me. Thank you again for listening to Let's Talk HR. I appreciate your time and support. Without you, the audience, this would not be possible. So don't forget that if you enjoyed this episode, to follow us, like us, or share us. Have a wonderful day.